I'm Mike's friend. I wrote this song. Uh, my turn-ons are satin sheets and the way champagne tickles my nose. And I love to paint outdoors. Listen, you should follow me on Twitter. It's jokes to Carl, the French duh, not the oh, oh, duh. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with more. L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. That stands for Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hi, Carl. Hi. It's really with Carl and Mike Spiegelman. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube and YouTube. not Vimeo. We, uh, we would love for you to uh, follow, if, uh, subscribe to us, but you're going to have to use our acronym, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. That's why we mentioned it up front. We have a fantastic YouTube channel with the same acronym. We have almost 566 subscribers, Carl. Oh, and we didn't do a thing to earn them. No, no, they're all bots, and we appreciate that. No, we they're also... not. No, they're not bots, because they make comments like, stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I know that to get on our, uh, to subscribe to our channel, uh, a button comes up that says, I am a bot, and you have to click that to proceed. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. Please fail this CAPTCHA test. What do you call it? The CAPTCHA. Yeah, please fail. Please click, click fail everything. is mandatory. Click everything but a tractor. All right. <laughs> blip, blip, blip. We're, we also stream first every Sunday, and hopefully you are listening to us right now as yeah. we stream on mutinyradio.fm internet channel has been a radio been around for i don't know since it was called pirate cat yeah and uh, we want you to check out mutinyradio.fm check out all the programming they've been doing live comedy shows in the streets and in a safe location so you can listen to it you don't even have to walk over there but we would love for you every sunday 2 p.m pacific standard time our show's on and then at four Pam Benjamin, the station manager, usually has a live comedy show. So what an afternoon that would be. And so go ahead, and our sponsor is Mutiny Radio. And Venmo, Venmo. Yeah, go to Venmo and throw a couple bucks to at Mutiny Radio. Station would appreciate it. We would yeah. appreciate it. And uh, the website's great. It has our archive from back from 2016. We have like over 500 episodes. Yeah, I know. It's all on our archive page. Long time. Now, Mike, Carl how does this show work? Well, that's a great question, Carl. Let us watch a full-length movie on YouTube. There's so many great movies on YouTube, stuff I've read about, and now it's available on YouTube. We're going to watch it in real time. We want you to go to YouTube, watch the movie with us, and listen to this podcast at the same time as entertainment over entertainment equals over entertainment. <laughs> Mike will eat uh, himself. <laughs> yeah, Pop will eat itself. So, uh, Carl, what is the movie this week? Today we are watching a public domain film called Seven Chances, 1925. It's the word seven and then the word chances and 1925. You put that in your YouTube search engine and you will find the channel Roger Mathis, which is math as in the subject in school, math and then E-U-S. Roger Mathis. Okay, fair enough. So we do want you to go. I see it's uh, Sete Opportunidades, and then yeah. see seven chances, 20, 1925. Right. Uh, as Carl mentioned, 
this is a public domain movie every year now, starting since last year with the 20-year hiatus. Right. Films and books have been going into the public domain, and we just want to celebrate every year the new films that made it to the public domain. I hope you enjoyed last week's episode, Curse of the Wolves with Rin Tin Tin. That was a good public domain movie. Right? Well, our show was good. That movie blew. I, I thought about it. That's the best movie I've ever seen. That was so really? good to watch. To watch a man punch a dog for ten minutes. <laughs> so what were they you, thinking? If, if you bre- does the dog get punched? You should go to that website. If, oh if yeah. <laughs> just put in Seven Chances, nineteen twenty-five. You will find uh, Roger Math Eus. You don't have to put in all that. Today, opportunity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we want you to find it, click it, hit pause immediately, move the timer to zero, zero, zero. And we have a celebrity comedian countdown. This is a new feature, and it's a wildly successful feature. People tell me, I love it. You have the best 15-minute show on streaming radio. And I listen to it, and the moment they do the countdown, I turn it off. I'm (laughs) Right, that's how they, three, two, one, browse away. Yeah, done. Turn it (laughs) off. Wait till 4 o'clock for Fam's live show. Uh, all right, so uh, Carl, I don't know who this person you have lined up this week. Yes, ready? My Here we go. Okay. So let's, uh, Carl, let's let's meet this person with you. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, again to Celebrity Comedian Countdown. This time with another Jersey comedian, Josh Wells. How are you, Josh? What's going on? Uh, I'm good. It's great to be here. Uh, thank you for having me, Carl. Now, Josh, we're always out there together doing these open mics, seeing each other, doing the real shows. And, you know, you're one of the older comedians, just slightly older. How do you fit in with these, like, young whippersnappers? <laughs> um, I actually like it a lot. I feel like I feel like the average age for stand-up comedy is, like, 25 or 26. Like, yeah. if I just had to guess from what I see around me. And uh, I think that keeps me young in a way, you know? Like, I know what people, like, 14 to 15 years younger than me like I know the slang they're using and I know what they're into and what they're talking about what they're posting on Facebook or other social media so uh I actually don't mind it uh I feel like I'm 41 now and I've kind of like grown comfortable with this like I don't want to say elder statesman but like people come you know newer comics coming up to me and asking for advice uh yeah. like I'm I'm way into, I'm way into helping new comics out and stuff so uh, I try to embrace it if I can but also uh, I let these young whippersnappers know I can hang, you know what I'm saying? Like, when it comes to, like, hanging out at the bar after a show, like, I'm still going to be, like, one of the last ones walking out the door, so. Makes sense. Yeah. That's great. Now, we've got uh, this new normal going on. I mean, these are yeah. COVID times. It's pandemic. I mean, it's tough. I mean, just how are you holding up? Well, well um, I'm doing okay, I guess. Uh, I just recovered from COVID. Uh, very fortunate. I had a very mild case. Uh, I, yeah. I, I pretty much just lost my sense of smell, which is like the, it's weird. It's like the funniest thing to happen, you know, like it's not really detrimental or tragic that you lose your sense of smell. It's just kind of weird. Uh, it's, I, you know, I've been working from home for almost like a year now, you know, in March will be a year and it's, it's kind of crazy. I'm just, I'm home alone all the time. Or it's just me and my girlfriend in our one bedroom apartment. And it's like, it's intense sometimes, you know, like uh, just want to go outside or, or like, you know, like you order food and like you just kind of want to hug the delivery guy you know you want to be like what's going on outside man what have you been up to like how's the weather like man you should be on my podcast or something so uh it's just you know uh uh, stuff like i just miss the outside world and uh i realized like maybe to a certain degree i took it for granted 
uh, when the outside world was way more accessible to yeah. us. Yeah, now you've learned from that. And when we get back out there some year, uh, I ho I'm hoping this vaccine is going to turn things around, at least in people's attitudes, and we'll Same. open up more. We'll Same. see what happens. Now, everybody's got something going on. You know, mostly it's these toddlers, these whippersnappers, they got their uh, podcasts, and they got their Twitter, and they got their, uh, uh, you know, Instagram. But you have something very cool. It's very old school. You never see it nowadays. You have an email, a weekly email newsletter. Yeah, it's a throwback, isn't it? I feel like in the age yeah. of, I feel like, you know, like being like a, I'm like a young Gen Xer or maybe like <laughs> a really old millennial, but I feel like it. So like, I grew up with like cassettes and CDs and stuff. So it's like, I, like, I have like a lot of pride in like old forms of media and stuff like that. So I feel like in, a, in the age of podcasts, why not be a newsletter, you know, like give them something old school and different. And, uh, you know, it's fun. I just, uh, I get to, I get to write about what I want to write about. And it's mostly, you know, movies I'm watching, books I'm reading, uh, albums I'm listening to. Wrestling, uh, sports. Wrestling, sport. Yeah, it's just a lot of pop culture. Uh, and when you're writing a newsletter, you don't have guests. You don't have to share your the conversation with anybody. It's all you. So in a selfish way, it's kind of more satisfying than having to, like, share your thoughts with somebody else, I suppose. Understood. I mean, I am a subscriber, and when I get it, it opens up, and you have this first part about random thought, and that yeah. gets me right into your brain. It's like, what's going on with you now? So how do people sign up and subscribe? I mean, I'm already a subscriber. Let everybody at home know how, how they can become a subscriber. All right. You could go to joshwells.substack.com and uh, sign up there. And uh, I, as soon as you sign up, you'll get it once a week. I never, I never send out spam. Just once a week, uh -huh. usually Wednesdays or Thursdays, and and that's it. Uh, I would appreciate any and all new signups. It's always great to get new readers, and uh, and feedback is always welcomed and encouraged as well. One of my favorite things, and Carl, you do this a lot because we see each other in person a lot. Uh, you give me feedback in person, and I love that. I'm like, man, not only is he reading it, but he's like. I want to see Josh and talk about it. So right. like that's I'm thinking about it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Joshwells.substack.com. So yeah. listen, for the folks at home, we're going to watch this movie together. Now, why don't you count us off? Three, two, one, go. All right. Well, thank you very much. Celebrity comedian countdown guest. You were terrific. <laughs> what a counter. What a counter. Oh, just three. went from three to two to one, promoted everything. It was great. All right, here we are. This is the Buster Keaton. You know, you know why they call him Buster? Uh, yes, I do know why. And by the way, Harry Houdini did not give him that nickname. That is a myth. Okay, well, I thought it was his, his parents. He was in vaudeville, right, as a child? And yeah, part of yeah. the actors, they throw him around. That's a, well, no, no, he, okay, when he was 18 months old, he took a tumble down a long flight of stairs without getting hurt at all. He sat up and he just shook it off. And there was an actor friend there. They were vaudevillians and his name was uh, George Parday. And he said, he's a regular buster. And after this, Keaton's father just began to use the nickname to refer to him, you know, buster. He called him buster. Oh, Come here, buster. Well, he was also known as what the stone face, great stone face, because he has uh, such a yeah, and you'll see that in this film too. Now, Wait, look, you see the color? Color? Okay. Yeah. 
this is not colorized. This was one of the first uses of Technicolor. It, you can see how bad it is, right? It's really not perfect at all. You see the red strip on the left-hand side? Yeah, I don't know. It still looks good. So this film wasn't black and white in 1925. It was technically Technicolor? Well, okay. It will go on to be black and white. You see, what we're here, seeing in the beginning here is he, he's in love with a woman, uh, Mary Jones. And we're seeing that part in color. Then the color will go away. Look at how the White House looks a little blue. You see yeah. that? And you see the red bleed to the left. The well, I have some bad news, Carl. That dog is long dead. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. Everyone in this film is long dead. Watch how the dog grows. Oh. You see, it says, in the summer, he loved her, but he never said, I love you. And then in the fall, he loved her, but he never said, I love you. And then in the winter, you know, they go through all the seasons. And watch how the dog grows each scene. How do they do it? Is that CGI? Practical uh, special effects? <laughs> no. Did they really that... wait six months? <laughs> no, they didn't. It's all a set. They spent the money on making making uh, it look like dogs. winter. They didn't spend it. Yeah, they money. got different dogs. That's right. They there went was... to the Hollywood dog bar and <laughs> said, "Hey, Rummies, you want to work for a day?" Because Hollywood dogs drank back then. Yes, but we're talking about 1925 when this was filmed, so it wasn't the big heyday of that famous bar or anything. That would be in the 40s, right? The Formosa Bar, absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Look how big the dog is now. Wow. He thought mm -hmm. of everything. And the grass is still cut, though. Okay, now his name is Jimmy. Um, and Jimmy Shannon. And he is partners with a guy named uh, Barnes. Uh, Billy Meekin. Billy Meekin in the thing. They have us. They're stockbrokers. And they got into some trouble. And unless they come up with a lot of money right away, they're going to be humiliated. They're going to be in financial ruin, and they might go to jail. No, I thought Jimmy's last name was Protector. It's Shannon. Oh, okay. It's not Jimmy but, Protector. No, I. It's it's uh, Eat World is his uh, last name. Now here's a lawyer outside. Now, this guy has got a homely face, and he was in three, I think, three Buster Keaton movies, but he got a lot, a lot of work back in the day because of his homely, homely face. His name is, check out his name, it's S-N-I-T-Z, Edwards, Snitz Edwards. Snitz? What a <laughs> wonderful name. I haven't yeah. yet to meet a Snitz. He People has a very... Expressive face, and he is homely and ugly, and so oh. many directors were like, "You're perfect." We haven't seen his face yet. It's like side. Okay, let's see. Come on, give me a, a full view camera. Oh, don't worry. This film is—you'll see—you'll definitely see this guy all throughout this film. Now, does Buster direct these movies? Yeah, he directed this. Absolutely, he did. I've seen this movie a few times, and uh, when I found it in the public domain list, I, I had said, "Carl, we have to do this film." Uh, it's great. I love this film. And and we, you know what? He did not love this film. I don't know if you know that. He really no, didn't like this film. Um, okay, so there was a Broadway play, and it was called Seven Chances, and it's by Roy Cooper Me Megru. Megru. Roy is spelled R-O-Y, so I guess he's French. Um, uh -huh. And that it was like that's French for king, right? Uh, I, Roy. 
I, I, if you say, and in 1916 is when it did a, like 151 performances. It was very, very popular. But uh, a guy named Joseph Schneck, who was a Russian-born like filming studio executive, he bought the rights. Now Buster Keaton owed this guy a lot of money. Watch him push him down the stairs. Watch this. He goes. Okay. <laughs> well, we don't see him tumble. Right. Now, here's a really interesting thing. Right now, the lawyer is playing the, like, will I ever win guy? And he right. bests this other guy. See how he steals his taxi? Yeah. That's really odd. That's really not the way you do it in comedy. You know what I mean? Well, like, his, his character is supposed to be, like, he's pursuing these guys, but he keeps failing. Oh, I, I don't know. I think it's in character. He's trying to chase Buster, and he... So he uh, had to get going. Sorry. Gotcha. Oh, brown and white. There was no yellow cabs in, in silent movies. It was just now watch how he, Buster thumbs him away. Get rid of this guy, would you? <laughs> He's like 4'5 in this. Now, in 1987... Uh, a, in 1986, I worked in Montclair as a taxi driver before college. I didn't go straight to college, and I worked for both Brown and White and Yellow. Uh-huh. Brown and Any White secrets? Cab. Yeah. Yeah, well, there's a Brown and White Cabin here, so this brings back memory. That's right. Window, Graham. Now, this is saying, James Shannon, I bequeath you a fortune. It's a relative who died. <laughs> Now they want to listen to him. Oh, right. He's getting kicked out. So is this like their private estate or is this like a country It's a country club? club. It's a country club. Wow, what a long way to get kicked out. They're like the rich whole... stockbrokers, you know, and stockbrokers in their day didn't make their money when the stocks went up. They make their money when people placed orders. So being a stockbroker was really quite different before like Nixon era losing the gold standard before things changed. It, the Dow stayed at 2000 for decades. Now the, the big crash was probably what 29, if I remember my history. Yeah. Yeah. That's well, you were very young then. Uh, I would, yeah, yeah, I was like negative something. <laughs> now watch how the glasses fall off. There's a million little funny things in this film. Like they pulled over two chairs and then they both sat on the table. Right. Well, now watch really... his glasses fall again. So now Buster holds him up for him. Can you imagine the guy playing piano? It's like in the Nickelodeon. Whoop. Well, this one's got a full band. Oh, of course, make me a liar. Oh, I'm sorry, Mike. My kid's practicing. Ryan. <laughs> Ryan, Ryan, cut it out. I'm, I'm recording my cut podcast. Out silent movie. Ryan. How do you play the piano? Can you hey, you know what? That piano is... in the other room. I am here to carry the piano in the other room, Dad. Yes, please. Yes, please. Can you take it outside? You want me to carry it outside? Yeah. Yes, please. Do Actually, you know room. what? His piano playing syncs with the movie. Okay, so what's happening here is they're like, "Yay, we inherited seven million dollars. We're rich. We're uh, you know we're we're saved. We won't go into ruins." But he goes, "Yeah, providing that you're married by your by uh, seven p.m. on your twenty seventh birthday." And so they're like, 
when's your 27th birthday? And Buster Keaton with this great stone face is like, today. They never called it the great stone face in 1920. They called it the great no. resting bitch face. <laughs> the great stone wow. face was something that came after his, all of his films were made. And there's a myth that he never smiled or laughed uh, on camera. That's just not no, true. That's not true. No. He did a movie called Seven Days where he gets married and he has like a portable house that he builds. And, and you know, he smiles at his, at his newlywed. It's a great film. The house goes completely awry. They try to build a house and it just gets completely wrecked. And then You're serious? Away. It's called Seven Days? Yeah, I think it's Buster. It might be and, Harold. And this is Seven Chances? Okay. Oh, look at that now, blackface. Yeah, First but it's not all. really blackface. He's just all black. Right? It isn't a guy pretending to be a black performer. I, I disagree. I think it's a white guy who's painted up as black. To, to it is a white guy. No, you're right. It is a white guy painted up as black. But what I'm saying is the traditional blackface is I'm like pretending. What? Like a minstrel show? Like yeah, 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 yeah. But 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 clearly, see, this is all funny stuff, man. Like he was practicing what to say, not knowing she was right behind him. Will you marry me? And she goes, yes. And he's like, whoa. He's such a great comedic actor. Yeah. Pretending to be nervous, you know, pretending to be offended. So two of my heroes are like Buster Keenan and Harold Lloyd. But you look at the way they dealt with their finances, and Harold Lloyd had it together. He owned yeah. his films. Uh -huh. He was able to buy an estate called Green Acres. He pursued it. He did some talkies. Right. Buster Keenan, on the other hand, lost it, and he lived on the lot in the movie theater, a yeah. movie studio. And they, they're available. I've seen him. He's done a couple of talkies with Jimmy Durante, and it's like, what? No beer? It's like the pot comedies of the 40s, mm. 30s. It was kind of like prohibition comedies where they just get drunk. And uh, it was not a good look because he was a bad drunk. Buster. Yeah, he used to get angry. Now, th the reason he's doing this film is he owed money to the executive, Joseph Schneck. He owed him money, and to settle his debt, he said, fine, I'll direct this film. See, Schneck bought this with, you know, not... He bought the rights thinking about... Um, there was a woman named Natalie Talmadge who's his marriage. he's married to. Um, there's a woman named... Okay, there were three sisters, Norma, Constance, and Natalie uh, Talmadge, and they're a big deal. Man, there is a book in these women, and uh, Buster married Natalie, and Schneck thought, like, this is a good project for you, and he didn't want to do it. He hated the play. He said that it was, um, let's see, he used some were he owed money to this guy Schneck, and he had to make the, the film. He called it a sappy farce. That's what he. That's the term huh. he used. But he did it. He did it. He wanted to get out of debt. You know, I don't owe you anymore. See, Schneck, he, yeah. He Schneck like paid about twenty five grand for this. The rights to this film, which was a big deal yeah. back then. We got to give it up to the flapper secretary. <laughs> yeah, she's good. I don't know her name. By the way, almost there's so many people in this film and almost no one's credited. Okay, look, the yeah. phone is off the hook. So 
He goes to Mary and says, would you marry me, right? And then he's honest with her because I've got to marry somebody before 7 p.m. And she goes, what? You know, I've got to marry someone. It might as well be you. And this offended her. So now she's going to call Buster and think, you know, but the phone is already off the hook. And back then, it would just go right through. So she's overhearing Buster confess his total love for Mary Jones. Um, And Mary realizes now, it it isn't just that he needed to marry someone. He absolutely loves me. And if he's going to marry anyone, it's going to be me. So now she wants to send the the guy in blackface, although it's not blackface, to give her a give him a note. It's it's really bad. It's obviously a Caucasian person with like shoe polish all over him. It's not the first white guy in this movie who's who's dressed like that. And you know what? I thought about it for a while because during like comic strips during the twenties and I guess the turn of the century, they had this thing called immigrant humor where they would make fun of like, you know, the Captain Hammer kids and shit like that. Yes. And I see that humor. It's not just going after black people. It's, you know, you see that for different ethnicities as well. And I, I don't know if it's just like the, the humor of the time or, you know, like. Well, fun of there is no reason to make this person African-American, which is the wrong term for this film. There's no reason to do it at all. I mean, he just he's a guy who is delivering a note. He gets on a horse and he's going to give a note to Jim Shannon. No reason for him to be black at all. So I don't know. So she's writing, dear don't, president, dear Biden. Don't you dare you manage anyone else but me. I'll be here all day. That's what Trump wrote when he when he left the office. That was the, the exact letter he gave to Biden. Mm-hmm. Ooh, political humor on our show. Yeah, I think he's trying to be funny. It's it's kind of weird. Yeah, that's what it is. It's like trying to be like, I'm the dumb African American, but do you think Jimmy know. Kimmel saw this movie and said, "Oh, this would make a great Carl Malone." Should I get that? Is Jimmy Kimmel do a character named Carl Malone? I don't know what that is. So he uh, he, speed up. So Jimmy Jimmy Kimmel was a radio guy, and he used to do his impression of Carl Malone. When he had the Man Show, he did a video clip, and to play Carl Malone, he painted himself in black the entire body. Uh huh. And uh, he still gets shit for it now. Okay. But he he would say, "Oh, I I I was just playing a person." You got it. You know, if if someone looks at it and gets offended, you know, two seconds after you do it or twenty years after you do it, yeah, it might be an issue. Yeah, right. You can't just say I was just, uh, you know. Yeah. Well, you got to acknowledge it. Oh, what an ass! Now, look, in, I just want to say something about Buster Keaton. From nineteen twenty to nineteen twenty nine, he was great, but then he lost his artistic independence when he signed with signed with Metro Golden Goldwyn yeah. Mayer. That's when he began to descend into alcoholism. Okay, here are his seven chances. Lesbian, lesbian, Probably. right? Probably. Yeah. She's wearing here, a suit. These are his seven chances to get married. And they write down the seven chances on a piece of paper. But the funny thing is they use their real names. See? The actress's name? That's right. These are all, except for two of them, these are all very famous silent film actresses. And none of them get credits in the credits. 
so weird. It's a nice touch, I guess. <laughs> this is Eugenia Gilbert. She was a very famous silent film actress. She was born in East Orange, New Jersey. And he wow. asks her, this is his first chance. Would you marry me? She said, sure, where are you from? He goes, I'm from Montclair. He goes, uh-uh, East Orange and Montclair, right. no deal. That's right, rivalry. Rivalry. Nobody gets that, but a small subset of people. <laughs> <laughs> Your brother will get that. My brother oh, yeah. will get that. Yeah, our brothers will find that funny. <laughs> Oop, awkward. Awkward. She's getting, you know, she's laughing, and they're all looking like, you want to marry I mean, that's what's going to happen at this country club. He's going to go around saying to people, will you marry me? And it's just going to get around that that's what he's doing. So that's Eugenia Gilbert. We should, we should mention that this was remade in 1999. Yeah, it was. The Bachelor. This was remade several, several times. Yeah, but The Bachelor was in San Francisco, and it has the famous scene of all these bridesmaids running up the hill chasing after him. Yeah, that was Renee Zellweger. And uh, yep. Mariah Carey is one of the women that, that chase after Chris O'Donnell. <laughs> I'm not recommending it. I mean, there was a Three Stooges film called Brideless Groom, which was, and another one called Husbands Beware, which was also Three Stooges. That was pretty oh. much this film. Um, there was a French one. And this has been done many times. And they suspect that the play wasn't the first one. They suspect that there was this movie... Let me see it here. Um, uh, this inspired by pioneer filmmaker Alice Guy Blanche's 1913 short film, Matrimony Speed Limit, 1913. It portrays a man whose girlfriend makes him think he has to marry before noon to inherit money from his aunt. You know, that was the name of my band, Matrimony Speed Limit. Uh-huh, Matrimony Spiegelman. Okay, this is Doris Dean, and she will marry Fatty Arbuckle. Wow. Fatty With Arbuckle and uh, Buster Keaton were great, great friends. And so that's his second chance, Doris Dean. So look, that's he crosses it out. Dean. Second chance crossed out. I was always wondering where the title Seven Chances came from. Yeah. Because it girls at the country club when you're 27. I'm like Jim Carrey with the number 23. I see seven everywhere. <laughs> now his partner will will uh, propose to the next one. Oh no no I'm wrong. Here's the third chance. This is Judy King, and now this I don't great. know who this hat girl is, but she's very funny. I could not found, find out who she is from my research. I love the hairstyle. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's great. Judy Sh Judy King, and she was another big, big actress in uh, She Shreds the Dough. Yeah. <laughs> then he just walks away. He does this a lot, right? Like, yeah. he just walks away from everyone. He takes it. Right, right. Yeah. He's a great comedic actor. Now, his partner, um, Billy Meekin, will, in will, will now proposed to the next one for now look this guy was in over 50 films but he's best known for this seven chances but he's also in wc fields did a comedy called it's a gift i love that movie 1934 okay so this guy was the insurance salesman who was looking for carl lafong yeah all right wow 
Carl LaFlong, capital L, small A, capital F, small O. <laughs> so he retired from movies in 1935, and he died two years later, but he made his mark with that W.C. Fields film in this one. Even though he was in 50 films, those were the two that he gets remembered for. His name is T. Roy Barnes. Huh. Not oh, so T. Barnes. It's T. Period Roy Barnes. Okay, and then what's the capitalization of the name? Capital T. T. Capital, yeah. <laughs> capital T, period. Capital R. Oh, why? Mm. Now look at that face, huh? That face, huh? Look at that face. Oops. Not me. Huh, she's disgusted. This is Hazel Dean, and I don't know if she's related to Doris Dean, who's Fatty Arbuckle's uh, fiance, who will marry her, then divorce her, then sue her for unpaid, sue him for unpaid alimony. It's insane. I read a great book about Fatty Arbuckle because you know I'm, I'm I'm obsessed with San Francisco, and, and he uh, about the, he, the murder. He was accused of some crime he didn't commit. It was her name was Rappé, Virginia Rappé. It's it's pronounced Rappé, and uh, there was a big party. He would used to he had this customized car with like a, a bar in there, and he would drive from L.A. to San Francisco for, to party. And uh, this woman died at a party, and it just became a huge scandal, and it killed yeah. his career. He actually Patty Arbuckle shows up in a movie called Hollywood. And this is after the, the controversy, after the case. And it was like kind of a comeback. It was kind of like, you know, if O.J. Simpson showed up in something uh, a couple years later. And got popular from it. Yeah. But I tried looking for that movie on YouTube. You try typing in Hollywood and see what you get, right? The movie's not going to pop up. They might as well call the movie The for all I care. Yeah, but you didn't put in like Arbuckle. What you yeah, Does it, it doesn't pop up. Hollywood and Arbuckle in Google, and then click on the videos tab. Let me see. I will try. That's a good call. Because I would love to see that movie. I've seen a bunch of Fatty Arbuckle. The guy's funny. Now, I think it's very funny, the sixth chance. Now, I said that all the chances, but for two, were very famous, famous, famous people in silent films. But this one, number six, Connie Evans... Yeah. This is her first film ever, and she was a talkies actress in the 1940s. But she has titles like showgirl and woman, and they're almost all uncredited. She was in Sabotage Squad as flower shop clerk. <laughs> Here's your flower, Mr. Squadron Leader. Right. She oh, was see, in the Black, Black Parachute as mountain woman. Uh, here's your brush. Parachute Patrol. Thank you, Mountain Woman. Now, this is a very famous woman. Uh, her name is Jean Arthur, but she's not famous yet. She will go on to have the squeaky frog-like voice in the talkies. And she was in Mr. Deed Goes to Town. She was in Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. Here's your hat, girl. She's great. Watch. No tip. She's not going to... She's not going to give the hat without a tip. Ooh. Another chance, another chance. Hello. Oh, I think this is my joke. She was in Secrets of the Underground as phone operator. 
He was in the redhead from Manhattan as club patron. <laughs> Brunette. <laughs> See, this movie is all about reveals. He's going to propose, and then they show something. There's the a baby. baby. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, fuck it, I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah, right. See, he does stuff like that. He does stuff. He 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 won't go with a Jewish girl. He won't go with an African American oh. girl. He won't go with the girl with the baby. Look how yeah. funny he's. He's gonna he's gonna ask her to marry, and she goes no, no, before he even says anything. <laughs> I wish I knew who she was. She's really good. Yeah. Now and that's it. She's here, gone. He's got his hat. Look now here. For the first time, he's going to have some success. Do you think anybody would marry me? Completely out of the blue. Boom! Yes, I will marry you. You want to get married with someone? Will you marry me today? Here's all his seven chances. Uh, the left hand buster, but not in a good way. Right, and now Buster's like, oh, yeah? Come along, my fiancé. Eighth chance. Number eight. Right, but uh, check this twist. It's really funny. Here comes Mom. And Mom's like, hey, what the heck? Now, I know we're not from the 20s, but this is traditional kids' wear. It's a kids' girl. Oh, back in the 20s, they would say, heck, they would say, what in the bee's knees? Yeah, right. <laughs> what in the cat's pajamas? What in the cat's pajamas? Now it's back to laughing at Buster. He shut him up for a minute. Now this car is a very famous car, by the way. Um, it's 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 called a 1922 Merc Mercer Series Five Raceabout, and it was. Wow. Oh wait, this is funny. This is funny. Right. He sees that the track. Kim Shannon is coming. Right, he sees and goes, Oh, Jim, Jim, and he gets a sign that says stop. Right, check it out, it's pretty funny. Oh, no, but he has, a, he has it on the wrong side. Right, you already know it. I saw it parading down Broadway. Go, go, <laughs> so well done. And he looks and at the side, the it says stop. Yeah, whoa, uh, careful, the general just rolled through. Yeah, the general, another public domain movie this year. You know what? You know what book is now in the public domain? The Great Gatsby. They've already ah. announced a Muppet movie, Great Gatsby. Gotcha. So there's gonna be, you know, a lot more. Oof. Now this woman's her name. He proposes to that woman in the car. Her name's Marion Hallan, and she was born in New Jersey. But she was born in a town I never heard of. It's called West End, New Jersey. West End. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds like what a neighborhood in a town, not a. So now, in the Christopher um, movie, doesn't he tip his hat and say, you'll, you're going to be a billionaire if you marry me? And I, I don't know about that. Now, wait, here is a very Fancy. insulting, right? See, as, as soon as he finds out that this lady's reading a Hebrew newspaper, he so, leaves. Mike, you know that Hebrew is read right to left. So she's, I don't know if she's really Jewish because she's reading it <laughs> wrong. Look, he just walks away. Classic. Now that, we have another like, huge insult. Yeah, he sees a woman. All right, I'm going to oh, predator her. I'll ask that. her to marry yeah. me. Well, look how he does this. Again, blackface. Is it? I think maybe. Yeah, I think it's a guy. Yeah, I think it's a yeah. dude. And then he walks off. 
Now, what's wrong with her? She's Italian? No, she's a mannequin is what's wrong with her. <laughs> we'll get the joke. Yeah. Well, huh? Oh. So now this doesn't make any sense. He, he, he should leave there now, but he doesn't. He goes in and he like thinks this other one's a mannequin and she's not. Like, it doesn't make sense why he's doing this. <laughs> he's just curious. He saw the first one. Right. The so first the time I saw that bit where he... Where he I got to talk about this car. It's a big deal. It's called the Mercury okay. Series 5. It was America's first sports car. Now, in 2019 at auction, it was in excellent condition. It got $300,000. So he was in a quality car right there. I think all those silent movie stars just max out these weird, you know, custom built cars. Mm -hmm. None of them are safe. I mean, can you imagine driving within a mile on that thing? Right. Now, this name, Julian L. Tinge, he was a very famous um, uh, cross-dresser. He was a, um, a female impersonator. And so that's our joke. He got beat up. And he takes uh. the... He takes the bride back from the dude. Watch him take the money back and the guy doesn't object. <laughs> that guy's late for uh, the Crepes of Rat. Extra, extra, movie pro proceeds. Now, Only 15, <laughs> half hour left in the movie. Now, as you know, this was the internet to people. I mean, this was, you know, Papers came out in the morning and in the afternoon and in yeah, the yeah. evening. Things changed. And they, they so here, his partner is advertised, we want a bride. He'll get $7 million if there is a bride. So come on down to the church at 5 o'clock. And if you get selected, you'll be married to Jimmy. He has proposed everything in skirts, including a Scotchman. Yeah, that yeah. was a kilt. He almost got killed when he did it. So here he comes to the church. Yeah. Because because that was the arrangement. Meet me at the church and I'll have a girl for you. That's all he heard. He doesn't hear, I'm going to go to a newspaper and make it publicly known that you're an heir to $7 million if you get married. I like how the placard like insults Scotchman. Like they couldn't do it in the movie. They're like, who else can we insult? <laughs> And it was cool to insult the, uh, listen, pretty much like this was a white person's country. And that one, no, that's not even fair because you can be Italian or Irish. And you know what I mean? Like, it was like, if you're from England and some of Germany, this was your country. Everyone else. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's immigrant humor. Like, you know, people were coming into the United States and uh, people were seen and people were living. And uh, this was kind of the humor of it, I guess. Now, that might be Natalie Talmadge that we just saw, his sister-in-law. Nice. It just says woman in car. So that's the only time besides the woman he proposes to, there's a woman in a car. So you can see everyone's coming there and they've got the newspaper and they're all dressed as brides. Right. Now, is this Los Angeles? I think, yes. I don't know from yeah. the internet. Now look, because, there's because gonna be a small crowd. You can see she's the first one to show up, but like, like eight people are gonna show up. 
Listen, I looked up her credits. She, uh, you, I do could find out who she is, but it's all movies you never heard of. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I know. I just want to say one thing because our seven chances are gone. So there was a woman named Pauline Toller, and she was one of the chances. But the only this was the only movie she was in ever, and she might be the author of this book called *The Adventures of Nancy in Sweden* in 1922. When movies get so old, you cannot do real research on them because you only have what was left behind, and everyone's dead. Yeah. And the, the, well, you know, the print, there's only three prints of the film. These these films, they don't really kind of, people don't really focus on the individual actors. I mean, it's more about Buster Keaton and more about the comedies of the time. And just... Yeah. Now, wow, look at it. Yeah. That's, it's going to get fucking nuts up in here, Mike. <laughs> I mean, even back then when everyone read the paper, I do not believe they would have this kind of turnout. But check it out. Now, here comes our African-American friend, or should I say, you see how tall he is, Mike? Yeah. That's because his knee grows. All right, I'm out of here. <laughs> Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, thanks anyway, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Thank you for watching our show. Oh, my God. Now they're like, I'm wildly successful with my paper. I love the way they do the exaggerated hand gestures. It's almost as if they're on a stage, and they do it great. Oh, well, he you know, flops that newspaper. He's like, check yeah, it out. Check it out. Whap. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you know, if he didn't do that, Buster Keaton would go, no, 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 do it again. Yeah. Look, it's about to get crazy up in here, boy. So how did they get all these people? I mean, like, if we were watching this movie 100 years ago, we'd be like, oh, my God. It's so uh, nuts. Now, if you go to IMDb and it says full cast, you'll find about eight of these people. You see her sitting there. And yeah. the first ones who showed up, and then there's another woman going to sit next to her. Like, they're credited. The rest are just a crowd. So is he, like, not realizing there's a million women behind him? Right. He's about to do that. It's a silent movie double take. Huh? He goes, whoa! What the? What the? He's, he's in the paper. Now it's they're going to recognize him. Now they're going to recognize him. It's going to get crazy. Well, he's the only guy in there. Who's not yep. She looks at the picture and she's like, hey, hey, good looking. They all are. Now, now the, the preacher is going to come out and say, look, obviously someone played a practical joke on all you ladies. And when he does that, they're going to get mad at him like you were just joking with us. Yeah. So right now they all want him and later they're all going to hate him. Now watch. Will, will they chase away. after? He goes under the pews. He's really creative the way he disappears. If yeah, he goes pew pew. <laughs> that joke was not funny, Mike. P U. <laughs> oh, you need a particular sense of humor for that one. You know, he also edited this film, not just directed it. It's great. It's a really, like, tightly directed film. And he was pr also a producer. Now, this other producer, Joseph Schneck, the, the film executive, right? He was in right. this payoff scheme with the – he paid off the unions. 
and he would he had in he got paid off by them and he got income tax evasion and he went to prison and then he was pardoned by a president i mean he got a presidential pardon then he goes to 20th century fox after he gets out and he becomes infatuated with marilyn monroe and he played a key role in launching her career weird this guy made his mark on the world he just didn't force buster keaton to make this film all right so he's kind of under there oh i remember this scene now he'll that. get the note from mary now he'll finally find out that mary is very willing to marry him very well okay, he's done that's only at least 100 women there right yep This was a box office success, a big, big deal. This made uh, almost $600,000, and back then, that was a lot of money. You know, like, people say, like, well, Buster Keaton did this movie and this movie. Seven Chances eventually gets brought up, but it's a great, you know, it's one of his best. He, it's funny how he doesn't think so. Uh, he even wanted yeah. it not to be part of his, um, gosh, I have it written here somewhere. He wanted it to be like not part of the he didn't, oh this is what it is it isn't in front of me right now but he didn't want it restored people were like restoring old films and he would try right. to it banned his own film now there's some crazy people in this world they're called the international buster keaton society it's basically a fan club but they are crazy and they did the Seven Chances bridal run in the streets of Michigan in, in 2010. How funny! Musk, Muskegon, Michigan, and they had a they have a convention every year. Now I told you about Talmadge. Melissa Talmadge Cox is the granddaughter of Buster Keaton, and she goes and speaks with them. It was founded in '92. Uh, by the way, the whole bit here is he wants to know. He now knows he'll get back to Mary before seven. So he wants to find out what time it is. And we all have all this hilarity about how he just can't find out the time. He was, he was trying to look at that lady's ankle watch, but she took it the wrong way. Yeah. And why would she have an, I guess, I don't know. So when she goes to get her shoes signed, people can yeah. make sure they, they're doing it time to find out. The, I don't know. Now look, here's the bum drunk who spent all day sleeping, right? And he's gonna, he's mad at the alarm, so he throws it and flings out the window. <laughs> Did you see? He was a stuntman, by the way. Yeah, he hit the head, but also Buster just that was he nailed it. He got nailed in the head on that one. Taxi. Yeah, that's what he did. Now, you're from San Francisco. You've got your, uh, I know you have yeah, your own trolley. Okay, yeah, we look, have trolleys everywhere. The women find him. The women find him, and they're mad. And that's what we're going to get now, a long segment of Come Back to You. It's so funny just how it builds like that. You see everyone covered. He's so oblivious to shit. Yeah. Oh, I think he knows by now. I think he must, he must well, know what? by now, right? No, but that's the thing. When he turns around and checks it out, like he always has this great double take reaction. Look at the cars. There's even some Model Ts and Model As. See, yeah. This, this 
I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that. That's not true. I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that. That is not true. This is a time before mass production. So every car you see was like made, like one dude made it. You know what I mean? Right. Okay. Right. Look, see, now he sees them and he freaks. Now, look, I don't get this scene. They want to throw bricks at him or something? Yeah, like crazy It's a funny cat. scene, but... Well, it was crazy cat at the time. Throwing bricks at the people you love was very popular. <laughs> see, look at the bricks what? Mason, too. He's like, what the fuck is going on? Wait till I tell the Masons about this. All his bricks are gone. He goes, damn it! And he goes home. I'm going home. I'm out of here. Buster, I'm done. <laughs> Now, there's horses in this movie, too. It's not just these uh, custom-built cars. Well, it's 1925, and uh, I wouldn't call them custom-built as much as there just was no mass production. You could absolutely go to a car dealership. It's just that, uh, like, today, when you go to buy a boat, it might have been not handmade, but they're made one at a time. They're made to order, not... <laughs> he just walks and runs right into them. Right. You're going to see a lot of that. They go on to a, you know, like the thing about football is it's dangerous and you have, you know, people get really hurt. And so they wander onto a football field and really hurt the players, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, don't worry. They have their 1920s helmets to protect them. Yeah. Oh, here it is. Coincidentally. Watch. They have a big scrum. And that's the joke is to say, no, no. This is poorly acted because some of the people fall down early because they know they have to be all collapsed yeah. when right, the crowd leaves. Yeah. But did you see Buster leap over them? <laughs> that was funny. Oh. Uh, here's Will Smith, Dr. Will yeah. Smith. Every single, right. Every single one is her. Tell the truth. Tell <laughs> the truth. That's a great movie. Every single one of them is there. Whoa, there he goes. There we go. Ah, why did I go down Main Street? So look, here's more hilarity because they just kicked the trolley driver out. Oh. And they drive the train. He does that double take. Oh, can't believe it. Yeah, there's a cop. <laughs> That's, yeah. Now Keaton hops on the back. Now, look, this is dangerous. Oh, you could really get hurt. Watch how it, he's yeah. going to have a crash. That's for real. Yeah. Whoa! They're after him. Yeah, Next now the thing up. is, okay, he knows he's safe in here. Only men are allowed. But it's Ladies' right. Day. <laughs> oh, God, I remember Ladies' Day. At the Turkish bath. Yeah, I never really went to a bath in Turkey. I just I went to Turk a Turkish Turkish bath. bath <laughs> but it was a Turkish bath. Yeah, you know, Turkish I, bath is like a chicken bath. It's not turkey you, broth. It's it's Turkish. Turkish broth. Now look, you're trying to hide with the cops, but when the cops see the mob, they run. And, and they once leave again, Buster walk. Keaton. Yeah, he's still marching along. Nope. Don't, don't, don't. Look at these L.A. homes, man. What a different time. Well, because, again, I'm going to bring up the bachelor in San Francisco. They use all the, you know, they run up Knob Hill and all this stuff. And it's distinctive. It's, you know, plays part of it. But a lot of silent movies, they just cheated where their film, where their studio is. Yes. Now, 
we uh, apparently there was a Damfino boat in this short film called The Boat. And so hardcore Buster Keaton fans call themselves Damfinos. Uh. And I don't know, this Buster Keaton society, I think it's just a little overboard. We should just like him, that's all. Um, Keaton later called this his least favorite film, and he tried to keep film historian Raymond Rohar from restoring the only known copy of the movie. Luckily, he failed. Yeah, luckily he failed. Well, all right, so, you know, you should check out a movie called What No Beer. It's the talkie with Buster Keaton and, uh... Okay, what? Um, and also, you know, no he, beer, question mark. So I think, I don't, I don't recall if we tried to do this movie on, on our show. Uh, it was on YouTube in 10-minute segments. Uh -huh. uh, but Samuel Beckett made a film called Film, and it had Buster Keenan in it. It was from the 60s. And it was about an old man, Buster Keenan, and a, a young boy who was actually James Karen from those Pathmark commercials. Uh huh. You remember those Pathmark commercials? You got 24 yes. hours to save. That's right. And the guy who was on the Jeffersons, and he's been in one of our movies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was in Hard Bodies too. That was a right. Movie okay. Song. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he was the director. A, he was the co-director. Yeah. So he actually uh, be, befriended uh, Buster Keenan, and he's been on a lot of TCM documentaries talking about his his friendship and just how Buster was treated treated and stuff like that. He has his mm -hmm. own Buster Keenan hat. Uh, so he, he he's he's interesting. He really loves Buster Keaton. He he hosted a documentary about him, you know. But it was rough for Buster. Well, once he jo joined Metro Goldwyn Mayer, and he was like under the thumb of people, and he had to do stuff he didn't want to do. That's when he started to drink. Yeah. Uh, oh no, he, I he saw lost Meg. his wife. Oh, from to the drink. Yeah. Yeah. Did you see the movie Mank on Netflix? They have like Metro being a hard ass or Mayor being a hard ass to Joseph Mankiewicz and Orson Welles. What was the name of the movie? Mank, M-A-N-K. Just got nominated for Golden Globes. It's on Netflix. Yeah, it's it's a. If you've seen Citizen Kane, it's about the writer who wrote it and his previous relationship with like Mayor and and politics and Rosebud. Okay, so yeah. now he, like, goes into the wilderness, and we're going to have lots of hilarity. You can see that he's dragging along a barbed wire fence. It's got to be hurting him, and he's going right. through. Look, he knocked over none of the bees. They're this, like. This is... Carl, you didn't tell me this was a bee movie. <laughs> this is a bee movie. And um, there's going to be a bull, and. Okay, <laughs> so. I. I... The funniest thing in this whole movie, and it's the thing that Buster Keaton thinks saved the movie, and I don't agree with him like that, but the funniest thing in this whole movie is happened by accident. He was – the movie used to end when he would – it would fade out with the women still – the mob of women still running after him, but he couldn't come up with any better ending. So he was giving a, um, a preview you know, just to see audience reaction. And he was running down this steep slope and by mistake, he like dislodged some rocks and they were rolling down. And so in real life to not get smushed, he jumped out of the way. Well, that got the hugest laugh, the biggest laugh of the whole thing. So Keaton stopped everything and he went back and he reshot a film. Uh, he reshot a scene in which that is exactly what happens. 
Um, Where the fuck is he now? Is he in the middle? He's, he, yeah, right. He's in Secaucus, New Jersey, with the turtle on his tie. <laughs> <laughs> Prop now, turtle. Duck hunters, by the way. He, he just goes wanders into the wilderness and they chase him. <laughs> yeah, because we went to Los Angeles to fucking uh, Secaucus, New Jersey. This, I guess this can't be. Lo- I don't know if this is Los Angeles because would it be so green? Although here we see a little desert. How green is your valley? Good, they they good chase question. that from. Hill and Dale. Now she goes, I know a shortcut. What are they going to do? They're going to make him marry all of them? No, they want to kill him. They think that he was a practical joker fucking with them. Yeah, impractical joker even. Whoa. Look at that. See? That was for yeah, real. Yeah. He is a stuntman. Yeah. Now look at this. He doesn't do it. But what would he do? This is for real. Now you saw the film clip, right? You saw it? That's because he had to jump on something that was sturdy. He couldn't jump on something that would that was insecure and would fall. You see? Well, look at the flips. That that's this is all real life Buster Keaton doing stunts. Now look, you see he dislodged the rocks? Yeah. This is the scene that he thinks saved the movie. And when they everyone laughed, he redid, he, he went back and filmed this all. I need more rocks. They're all, it, by the way, they're paper mache. And only once or twice, but you see it bonk them, bounce right off them. Most yep. of the time he's dodging. So he shot this. They, so they paper mache all these rocks after the scene was shown to an audience. And he said, we got to add more rocks. No, he... He was showing a preview to a crowd, and part of it, he was running through Secaucus, New Jersey, and he dislodged <laughs> a few rocks, and they were began to fall, roll towards him, and he jumped out of the way, literally, not to get hurt. And everyone cracked up, so he conceptualized this whole scene in which wow. I'll dislodge a few rocks, it'll turn into an avalanche. Look at him. Look at him. Yeah, and watch what happens to this tree. That's an insane jump, though. Like, he yes. was There's a reason that he became, see? Nuts. Yeah, that's a heavy, I mean, I don't know, maybe it was a fake tree, but he's always. Yeah. Okay, now he's going to take shelter, and he'll find a little refuge from the boulder. Good, yeah, it's stressing me out. Multiball. Um, 150 paper mache chicken wire fakes, various sizes from eight feet. The, the largest was eight feet in diameter. It would hurt regardless. Uh, no, no. If it was paper mache, it really wouldn't hurt, even if it had been rolling for a long time. Yeah. Because chicken wire and paper mache, they just and look, see, <laughs> isn't that funny? <laughs> the thing that was saving him. Yeah. Well, he gives that look like, oh, no. Oh, shit. We got nine more minutes. Right. He has nine more minutes. Now, you see, that's the clock tower. And what Buster Keaton is going to do is he's going to go up into the clock tower, and he's going to start sniping the the brides. Oh, this movie's taking a turn. Look at this. This is all shot after that, that giggle from the audience. I know, and then he just went straight ahead and made these giant rocks. Right, so the thing is, he had to get another, like, group of a hundred and something ladies. Did you see that? I, he ducked and went right over him? 
Yeah. Yeah. This is nuts. Yeah. Ow, you see how it hit him? That yeah. was clearly, I mean, that would have really broken bones and messed him up. Hey, I think this scene is funny except for Steve-O laughing in the background. <laughs> You've seen the Jackass movies, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, no, they, I know what you meant. There, he's going to get a sniper's rifle now. And he's going to go up in the tower, <laughs> and he's going to start sniping the ladies. He just jumped over a horse and then right. just uh, died under a car. Under a car, right then, before a train uh, came. Now, you can see the film was sped up. Yeah, but that's standard. Now, here's the house in the beginning, and you can see he's not in Technicolor. He can't oh, get free, okay. so he takes the fence with him. Yeah, defense. 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 Honey, I think you're trying to fence me in. Oh, what a lousy defense. Yeah, he was defensive there. Up. Oh, oh, no, they're too late. Too late. Can't they're fence it too off. Too late. Oh. <coughs> oh, well. Oh, well. Now, she's nice. She's like, you mean, can't we just get married any old way? You know? Aw. Yeah. Yeah, no. I don't need you anymore. Well, no, he has a good explanation. I mean, don't forget, they're about to fall into ruin. He might go to jail. And he's like, I love you too much to drag you into all of that. Oh, yeah, there you go. That's sweet of him. Yeah, we have to get reminded that because we only saw that in one little snippet in the beginning. That's the whole premise here. He's trying to make the money to save the firm and to save himself from jail. By the way, the mom was is one of those actresses I looked up and she was in Night of the Longshoremen, Scarecrow on the Mountain. Like, you never <laughs> know what it is, you know? Wait, this... This watch is broken. The clock tower says the real time. Wait a minute. So is there a lawyer with them right now? Yeah, that's the guy. That's the homely, ugly guy. Yeah, he doesn't know how time works. He doesn't know how time works. Oh, <laughs> uh, they're getting married anyway. Yay. Do you, loser? Yeah. <laughs> do you marry this loser? I do. I, I will. Buster, will you marry this woman who will marry a loser? Yeah. If she'll marry me. Now, look, Buster tries to kiss her every time, and she gets. <laughs> Congratulations. He goes, no, 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 ugly. No, don't wipe your face. <laughs> There's hey, a Dalmatian. Uh, huge dog. Putting a period on the end of the sentence. Da, 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 da. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that was Seven Chances. Carl, what do you think of the movie? I love this movie. Usually at this point I say, your movie sucked, but it was good for your show. But I <laughs> like this movie as it was. I do too. I mean, I, you know, obviously the humor. I, I mean, the humor is nothing. I've, I've seen an offensive movie all the time. You know what I mean? Like, mm. but yeah, the timing is amazing in this film. And the stunts are nuts. He saw yeah. the tree and a paper mache hits it and then he falls off the tree. It's nuts. No, but I mean, he jumped from cliff to cliff. He jumped into that tree, which was all 
barked up with everything that yeah. would hurt. Uh, he went under the car, you know, he, yeah. he, he crashed, he had cr car crashes and so, I don't know. It's... I thought this film was good and I thought it was, uh, uh, you know, I recommend watching it even without listening to our show. Unlike most of the films, <laughs> Flash the Mobile. Well, fortunately, it's a silent movie, so it's the only film that works. <laughs> right. Usually we do movies, you know, back in the day when I we had Bad Movie Night at Darkwing Theater years ago, uh, Sherilyn, who uh, uh, curated it, would always find prints with uh, closed captioning. So uh -huh. people could talk over the movie and you could kind of understand the film and read the credits. When we do these films, like normal films, uh, there's usually no closed captioning. Or yeah, I'm the closed captions. Yeah, right, right. You have to explain the story as it goes along. So it kind of ruins. So riffing on silent movies is, is awesome for us because it, it has it. Well, the last silent movie we saw was um, uh, Going Bananas, right? Silence! Silence! <laughs> Will you be quiet? Silence! Silence! I'm trying to think. Oh, fatty. Uh, yes, Herbert. I want you to walk into this prison and get bonked on the head. Yes, sir. Uh, well, all right. Well, that was our impression of last week's movie, Going Bananas. Uh, next week, we are done with our public domain. Uh, for a short right? time. For a short time. Yeah, for a bit, you know, until we run out of movies. Uh, Carl, next week we are doing a movie you found, and it looks fantastic. Uh, it's a Los Angeles film called King of the Mountain from okay. 1981, King and it's about mountain. drag racing on Mohammed Drive. The Mountain. And uh, trailer King of the Mountain 1981. Yeah, let's let's watch the trailer. <laughs> and we're listening to the sound. Oh, this dude. This dude was a 70s star, I guess 1981, right? Yeah. What? Oh, he was like a Greek god or something. He was Sinbad the warrior or something, right? Uh, I'm going to have to see the trailer to, to see what you're saying. Okay. Um, so uh, I do I'll see HD Retro Trailers has King of the Mountain. HD Retro Trailers, yes. Is it and, Harry Hamlin, the Beastmaster? Uh, no, he was like... He, okay, he was made famous from some 70s film in which he played, like, a Greek god or Harry Thor, or I guess, I guess. I don't know who it is. Well, I see there's a TV trailer, and uh, the screen grab shows the credits. So I see Harry Hamlin, Deborah Vaughn, Valkenberg, Joseph Bottoms, Seymour Castle. Oh, my God. It's Seymour Bottoms. I'm always Se looking to see more Bottoms. Dennis Hopper as Cat. Ah, cow. Dennis Hopper, who will take any role at one point in his career. Oh, well, if he was lucky. So here he is at 81. Which should we watch, the 30-second trailer or the full two, two and a half minute? Uh, I guess we should watch the full one. Is that right. um, a, a That's fine by retro me. trailer? Yeah. Okay. okay. So uh, we want you to go find it. And uh, hi, I'm a comedian friend of Carl. Oh, wait, Tree. wait. You have to pause it and back it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Over the trailers. Retro Trailers, King of the Mountain 1981 original trailer. Okay. So I'm, uh, I'm a New Jersey, I'm a comedian, okay. and I'll be performing on Zoom. And ready? In three, two, one, go. Light. Light. 
Yeah. Oh, wait, you're playing audio? I'm just playing it as loud as I can. Okay, I'll play your audio. Whoa. Whoa. He's in trouble now. Harry Hamlin. L.A. Chopper. You look, he's taking a leak off Muhammad Drive. Oh, no, he's putting his sunglasses I think on. he was in Clash of the Titans. I think that's what that's, it is. That's that, it. Ding, ding, that ding, ding, fake ding. owl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, in a, that was a mechanical owl, Carl. And he wore a skirt, and he had a sword, and, and there was an old, I think it was Burgess Meredith. Yeah, you know, I went up to him, I said, nice skirt. And then he showed me the sword. I'm like, oh, hey, nice no, skirt. No, no, listen, nice skirt. Yeah. Seriously, nice. though. I ain't fucking yeah, with you. <laughs> Yeehaw. So look, he's going to push him off. They're playing chicken like in Rebel Without a Cause. Mulholland Drive. Yeah. Not to be confused with Mulholland Drive, the movie. Now, you go to the top of Mulholland Drive, and, like, you see L.A., and then yeah. my friend was like, you see the campus of UCLA? And I was like, no, just in general, when you're up here, UCLA. Yeah, I go up there for make-out point. <laughs> is it Dennis Hopper? I'm there he is. Yeah. Drug little guy. Is he a mechanic, I guess, or something? He's probably, He's he probably fixes the cars. Hell. So it isn't I, drag racing as much as it's like street racing. Well, it's in a crazy street to drive in normally, so the race it must be worthy of a movie. Oh, that guy's famous. That guy's like a country star, like something haggard. Oh, uh, he looks haggard for sure. Yeah, he does. Yeah. <laughs> and he, he was gonna shave his razor committed suicide. He's like, fuck that. Razor cut himself. <laughs> And the actress, I know her face too. Deborah Von Van Burb. Fast and the Furious. We're family. King of the Mountain. King of the Mountain. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to watch some proto Fast and the Furious action next week with King of the Mountain from 1981. We do encourage you to watch it beforehand so you don't have to hear, so you'll know what's going on. There's one comment to the trailer, uh, Carl. What did he say? Cody show 18 hours ago said great movie. Oh, well, that's an endorsement. And that yeah, really that was 18 hours ago. <laughs> People still think about this shit. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that has been our show. We hope you enjoyed Seven Chances. Uh, we also encourage you to just type in Buster's name in the, in the YouTube and watch whatever they have. It's worth the time. Yeah. Uh, Carl, what a great pleasure. Thank you so much for the research. Really informative, really good stuff. Uh, thank audience, you. Thank you for being part of this. Thank you for uh, subscribing and tuning in. And we'll see you guys next Sunday. Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. It's been over one long year watching movies bad, strange, and weird comedy. Hi, Michael. Hi. Michael. This is Carl. Michael. I
I'm Mike's friend. I, I wrote this song. My turn-ups are French poodles, Chinese noodles, and, and German strudels. You should follow me on Twitter. It's Jokes to Carl. Uh, that's the French duh, not the uh, 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 duh, duh. Now let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Michael Spiegel. JK43FEVTDCQ5I equals the letters between naught of the sevens forward carriage space to up escape shifted shift tree and I'd rather be writing letters to aqua Q and to do so requires only a ledge of leisure and the accompaniment of text, speech, graphics, rest, response headers, double gum in the gutter page of your favorite notebook, and a winning raffle ticket from a fairground you keep in a box of Q-Toffee's naught seems since a summer time ago. This hour of the citation of heroines this Monday at 5 p.m. may be on your mind to ponder the rendered tendons of tendency to blow the planetoidal lattices found just in deep space pockets from here and now. This is Aqua Q in full stop at Aqua Q Labs. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Yeah, it's Bughouse Square. It's Tuesday at 6 o'clock. Um, I've uh, fulfilled all my obligations and uh, done all I need to do, and uh, nothing else is required of me, so here I am. Have you seen that vigilante man? Have you seen that vigilante man? Have you seen that vigilante man? I've been hearing his name all over the land. Yeah, this week on Bug Out Square, it's the uh, fourth and final uh, Tuesday of uh, February of Black History Month, and uh, uh, going strong. It's you know I could do this for uh, months, but um, we I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> anyway. Uh, did I tell you that Lent was uh, started? Yeah, so I'm a weekend, man. I'm, uh, of course, by the sound of it. Uh, yeah, I'm uh, <coughs> uh, walking a little taller. I'm, uh, you know, talking a little softer. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, thanks for doing what you got to do to do. Welcome. Sleeping in some good warm place. Man, come along and we give him a little race. Was that a vigilante man? Preacher Casey was just a working man. And he said, unite all you working men. Kill him in the river. Some strange man was that a vigilante man. Why 
Why does a vigilante man Why does a vigilante man Carry that sawed-off shotgun in his hand Would he shoot his brother and sister down I rambled around from town to town I rambled around from town to town And they herded us around like a wild herd of cattle Was that the vigilante men Have you seen that vigilante man? Have you seen that vigilante man? I've heard his name all over the land. You know, every now and then I think you might like to hear something from us. Nice and easy. But there's just one thing, you see, we never, ever do nothing nice and easy. We always do it nice and rough. And we're going to take the beginning of this song and do it easy. But then we're going to do the finish rough, the way we do Proud Mary. story now. Left a good job in the city. Working for the man every night and day. And I never lost one minute of sleep. And I was worrying about the way the things might have been. Big wind keep on turning. Ooh, the proud Mary keep on
Thank you. 